0: Welcome to Happy House Families Podcast with your hosts, Morgan and Sandy. We are here to be an easy resource for families on the go and who aspire to create more joy within their families. Morgan is a special education teacher with a master's in education. Sandy is a consultant who also has her master's in education and has worked with families for over 20 years. Both of your hosts have a vast experience working with neurotypical and neurodiverse children. Welcome to the show. Hi everyone, this is Sandy and welcome to Happy House Families. And this is Morgan and this week we are here to talk to you about something that can be very difficult uh, and that is grief. That's right. So we're going to talk about when somebody in your
1: family passes away, a grandparent, a relative, or even a friend or Mm -hmm. a pet, um, and just talking about the different steps of what to expect, and what to do, and just basically helping provide some guidelines uh, to help make this time easier when it's so incredibly difficult.
0: Yes, and we just want to just kind of, this is a very difficult subject, but it's also a very important one because it's something that we can't control if it's going to happen or not. Um, And so it's just good to kind of be, maybe be kind of prepared for when or maybe if it does happen. Correct exactly. Um one of the I
1: recently lost my little shih tzu Pepper mm-hmm. and he was with us for 11 years and so much love and happiness and that's been a huge grieving for me as you know Morgan. Morgan's yeah. been there uh during the whole process. He was in the hospital for about 5 days and we had him with us for six days before he passed his kidneys were failing so it was really hard to see him at the very end as he was um, actively dying yeah um, and so it just triggered so many things for me and interestingly enough or not interesting enough enough um, it also triggered a lot of things for uh, the students that I work with um, because they knew that I wasn't seeing them and their parents told them why um, and so I've had to also process the death of Pepper also with a lot of the children I work with. And it's interesting how death will trigger so many things. Like one of the things that it triggers is loss on a grander scale. Um, You know, children will talk about you know, everyone that they've lost in their lives, their grandparents, or other pets that they have had, and a whole grieving process happens, and just feeling like, oh my goodness, I cannot control this. I cannot control when somebody or, you know, somebody or a pet leaves, Um, and it's really hard.
0: Yeah, and so what's kind of first and foremost when you're talking about these sort of things is to be honest and truthful, Um, to kind of just say, to tell the truth, and just about death and that, that you know, that it's something that does happen. You don't need to get into each, every nitty-gritty detail uh, mm-hmm. surrounding the death, but you can, it's it's better to receive truthful explanations uh, now than to find out something later and then your kid becomes resentful of you for not being honest. That is so
1: true, exactly. Um, and some of the things to be prepared for is just an explosion of all different types of feelings during grief can trigger um, sadness it can trigger anger mm-hmm. it can tra- you know trigger being aloof so a lot of different feelings will happen and you'll notice like for me I can talk about for me during this process like I had a hard time sleeping I had a hard time eating I lost some weight during this time because I'm not eating properly because I lost my appetite um, going to bed was really hard um, and these are things that happen when you are dealing with grief and so when you're having grief and then you add on top of it lack of sleep and lack of nutrition it just makes it worse so i've had to work really hard on making sure that i'm eating properly and um going to bed going to bed and you know doing more meditation during this time and doing more yoga during this time just to really care for my body Mm -hmm. and being even more aware of self-care during this time and making sure that i don't isolate And reach out to people and talk to people uh, even if it's like a text message Um, I know like during the day that pepper pass I was texting you I sent Mm -hmm. you some text messages Um, and just asking for support so that's another thing is just making sure that you ask for support from people that love you
0: and letting your kid know uh, that it's okay to ask for help and to ask for support and kind of reiterating that to them Mm -hmm. Um, and also one thing is it depends on your child but one thing i think is also helpful depending on the situation that surrounds the death is maybe to share in doses maybe it would be hard for your child to kind of hear everything at once um so you might want to be you might want to kind of give it to them in pieces just kind of more manageable
1: exactly so that they're not feeling overwhelmed and that you're not feeling overwhelmed um and one of the key phrases that kind of got me through it which i thought was really important that i think is helpful Uh, one of my friends said to me you will always love him you will always miss him and you will be okay yeah so i think that applies for anybody going through grieving of anybody's death is like you will always miss this person you will always love this person and you will be okay it's important to know that you will be okay life is for sure going to change and i think you know having a direct conversation about that is helpful, and having direct conversations about, uh, like I'm gonna miss X, Y, and Z about this person Mm -hmm. is important, Um, and also remembering the good times too.
0: Yeah, and um, also being comfortable with saying I don't know, because a lot of these big questions that your kid might ask you in these situations we really don't have the answers, and we don't know. And mm-hmm. you don't always have to have an answer. It is OK to say those words,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: it is the truth. Exactly. I, I know a question that comes up a lot
1: is, why did this happen? Yeah. Or why now? Or why not one more day or one more week? Or why didn't I get a chance to say goodbye? Or why did it have to happen this way? And so as a parent, you don't feel like you have to answer all of those questions. And explain everything. Exactly. If
0: the answer is, I don't know, then it is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's also okay to cry and to let your kid cry and for you guys to cry together. That is, that is a normal and okay thing to happen. You don't have to hide those feelings from your child, um, so that they can kind of feel more comfortable with what's going on, maybe connected to you too, to realize that you guys are kind of going through these feelings together. Or maybe if it's something that your kid is just going through, maybe they lost uh, a classmate or something like that. Um it's okay to let them know that it's okay to have these feelings of sadness yes to allow them to grieve exactly and in their own way because everyone has a different uh way to process
1: their grief and it comes at different spurts like there's uh some moments during the day where i just miss pepper like crazy and i'm just miss him and it makes me sad and I want to cry yeah and then there's other moments where I feel very peaceful Mm, fine yes and then there's other moments where you know it's like I have happy memories of him and I'm smiling and I'm laughing so and also just being aware that even through the course of maybe a couple hours or a day that you will fluctuate with your feelings and it you're just getting back to um, being stable and it's normal to have these different feelings
0: yeah And with that, we don't want to put a time limit on the grieving process.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: a couple weeks later, it can be like, all right, we're done being sad. We're moving on. You know, we're just going to let ourselves and our children grieve in for however long they need to. Exactly. And with that, it's really important to make sure that you stick to your routines to kind of just have life feel normal. There's some sort of control and normal, normalcy going on.
1: Exactly. And then also being aware that different triggers will happen. Yes. You know, like, so, for example, my sister and I would always text each other pictures of, uh, we have three dogs, of all three of them, and then she sent me a picture of one of my dog's patches, and then I started crying, knowing that I was not going to get a picture of Pepper again. Yeah. So, that made me sad. You know, like, I'm not going to get another picture of Pepper, even though there was, like, a gazillion. Um, So just different, like, mundane things might also set off your child that you may not even think of. Yeah. And so just to be aware of that and sensitive to it. Because they're going to start realizing, oh, this is not going to happen again. And they're going to have feelings about it.
0: Um, Yeah. On a personal note, uh, my father passed away when I was very young. And um, I I was too young to really grieve in the moment because that was just not developmentally able to happen yet. But as I got older, there were certain things that were really hard for me and that would trigger things. So like Father's Day, that like I hated that in elementary school, like I remember when we'd make art projects, like that would be something that I really did not look forward to and I remember like weeks before it would happen I would think about it and like that would trigger those feelings of loss. And so things like that that you maybe it's the person's birthday or the mm-hmm. anniversary of their death. There might be ones that you can kind of pinpoint. Mm-hmm. It would be good to kind of be maybe have talk often. Uh it's not just something you're going to talk about while it immediately happened afterwards. Years to come. Uh, you know grief kind of sticks around with you exactly. and so to kind of honor those feelings I remember something that did make me feel better is my grandfather was like I want you to make those gifts for me and so like I had someone else to give it to so I didn't feel so isolated um, and so there's just different things that you can do and so if you know that your kid is gonna have a trigger with those certain big milestones um, it is good to talk about it and maybe come up with a plan with certain things so that they can kind of deal with those strong big feelings. Exactly, that's so true. And also,
1: just on another note, like if you know that somebody is going to be passing away because it's imminent because they are sick or something, you can have this person like uh, leave videos for your child or like written material or anything yeah. like that. Um, so you can actually start the grieving process before the actual death happens.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Yes. And something
0: that they can have to look back on, because especially nowadays, it's so easy to create videos on our phones and pictures and all exactly. of that sort of stuff. Exactly,
1: that's so true. And if you are working through a recent passing, you can talk to your child as to what types of ritual that you would like to have, or if you would like to create a certain space in the house, um, or what they would like to do, because I know sometimes you feel more powerful when you're creating. Um, Creating a space for the person who's passed on and it's just nice and one of the things um, That I recommended to one of my students who was very upset that pepper passed I had recommended that he could uh, write a letter to him or draw a picture and that he can still talk to him you know so you can let your child know that if there's anything that's been like not expressed that they want expressed that there's still a chance for it. Because I know mm-hmm. sometimes even as adults like we have that like, oh I didn't get to say X, Y, and Z. And for children it they really feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't get to have this experience or I didn't get to say these last words. Uh, and just giving them that space to say it. Yeah. So you can say, like, if you could have had a last time with them, what would you have done? What would you have said? And just give them space to actually say it and process it. And usually they'll do it in tears, and that's totally fine, but there's a release in actually saying what they wanted to say.
0: Yeah, and it's good to just kind of validate their feelings because sometimes they might want to talk about it and you don't, um, and that's a normal but it's important to make sure that you feel that your kid's voice is heard and even if it's uncomfortable for you, because you're grieving as well, it's we really gotta make sure that we're listening to them and Exactly and and also pay attention to what
1: they're saying. If you're starting to hear yeah. uh phrases like, I wanna go be with them, uh these are warning signs. You know, sometimes like death can trigger really powerful feelings. And if you need to get professional help, get professional help. Yes. Uh, these are really big topics. So if your child is starting to, being sad is normal, but if you're starting to notice uh, like depression and, you know, talking about suicidal thoughts, make sure that you do get appropriate help immediately.
0: Yeah, you can go to the school, counseling, mm-hmm. there's hotlines you can call. You can even call
1: your a pediatrician and ask for referrals of therapists. Yes. So there are different, you know, resources for you. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have any other stories that you wanted to share? That- oh,
0: yes. Uh, I did have one student who, while a couple years ago, uh, while he was in my class, his father passed away. And um, so one thing that I did for him is that I took him aside privately and I told him um, that you know you just want to validate their feelings that I care about you do you need a hug um if you need to talk about this I'm here for you and I've also dealt with uh, other kids in my class who've lost a parent um not necessarily while I'm their teacher and I know since I remember for me what my triggers and warning signs are I have said to them during that because I do like to make arts and crafts for the mother and father's day that I'll say to them I know that this can be hard. Uh, there's other people that we can give these things to because I know, you know, I know certain students might not have both of their parents. Um, And I also, sometimes it depends on the class and the kids, but I'll even tell them, like, I lost my father when I was, like, when I was young, so I know what it feels like to not have this to kind of help normalize their feelings so that they don't feel so isolated. And so uh, that could be a good strategy, too, if your kid is dealing with something or if you're a caregiver, you might want to share something personal about you so that they can kind of feel like they have that connection and they don't feel so alone. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. Yes. And then also,
1: you can also join support grief groups. Oh, yeah. So making sure that you are taking care of yourself. So if you need to find a therapist for yourself to make sure that you're present for your child, please make sure you do that. Or getting support from your friends um, and making sure that you are doing appropriate self-care. So eating, sleeping, and moving and reaching out to those when you feel like you need to
0: talk. Yes. Yes. In order to take care of others, you got to take care of yourself.
1: Exactly. That's so true. Sometimes it's hard to do, though. Yes. Sometimes it's hard to do, but it's important Especially to do it. Especially when you're it. sad. But, yeah. Exactly.
0: Well, on that happy note,
1: we will be back next week, and we will wish you guys a
0: great week. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To contact Sandy and Morgan, check out happyhousefamilies.com or email at happyhousefamilies at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out their Facebook page to join the community. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us. It helps the show be discovered more easily and help more people.